Uh, today, we're going to look at Philippians 2. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Philippians 2, and uh, we're going to take a look at the ministry of encouragement together. Sangbyam was just ordained um, into the diaconate, and the diaconate, you could say, is kind of part of this overarching vision to encourage the saints. And the saints uh, need encouragement very desperately. And we saw in Acts 6 just how bad this was um, and how much help they needed. And so the deacons were brought into place to encourage the church where they were most discouraged. But Sangbyam and the deacons are only to exemplify this ministry. They are not the only ones in this ministry. Uh, we believe that the entirety of the saints are called to this ministry of encouragement. And it's so, so important that we engage in this ministry. Did you know that there's someone in this congregation who is just three words away, three words of encouragement away from having a spiritual breakthrough? There might be someone one word of encouragement away from having a real spiritual breakthrough. Do you know that there are people in our congregation who are just hanging on to their faith? People who are barely making it through. And your word of encouragement would mean the world to them. Did you know that people can live on months, uh, just live go on for months on one word of encouragement? And I say that because that happened to me. There's a sister in our congregation who I will not name to, because I don't want her to be embarrassed. But she wrote me a note. Um, and a sister wrote, wrote this note to me with a gift, and essentially she just said, thank you for being my pastor, and thank you for being there for me, and thank you for being there when I needed you most, and um, thank you uh, for being faithful. You know, you are called here, God has placed you here, and I am blessed by you. I put that note in my backpack, and I carried it around for three months, and th those words of encouragement carried me uh, for those 90 days. Did you know that your words of encouragement are, mean that much to someone? That your words of encouragement might be what someone here at this church needs to break through in their spiritual life. That's how important and powerful encouragement is, and we are all called to this ministry. Next Sunday, we're beginning a whole uh, series until the end of the year in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, you could say a summary of it is a call to endure and persevere in a time when people are ready to give up, when people are ready to let go. In that moment, the writer of Hebrews gives them this letter of encouragement, and we'll begin that next week. But today, all I want to do is to see how we are all called to this ministry of encouragement and to show you that it's actually a weapon in spiritual warfare, that encouragement is a weapon against spiritual warfare against three principalities in this world, the world the devil, and the flesh. And that encouragement actually is our spiritual weapon to fight against all three of those if we are ready to respond to the ministry of encouragement to one another. And so let's read Philippians 2, verses 1 to 2, and uh, we'll pray and begin. Philippians 2 says this, Paul, writing from a prison, as his, you have to kind of picture the clinking of his chains as he's writing this. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy in being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. This is the word of the Lord. Let me say a quick prayer of blessing. Lord, speak to us now about this ministry of encouragement. 
show us and move us so that we can respond with our lives. We pray that you would create a culture of encouragement here at Mosaic, that you would change things by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The letter to Philippians is written by Paul from a prison to these group of people who are in a church in Philippi. And he's writing to them, and he starts off by saying, Philippians, don't be discouraged that I'm in prison. Don't be discouraged that I'm in chains, because I am so encouraged by you. And he starts off the letter with this long note of encouragement. And he wants to say to them that the gospel is not chained. I know I'm here and I'm chained, but the gospel is not chained. In fact, here in prison, I've seen the gospel go out to the guards and those who are here. And I hear that out there, the gospel is advancing. Philippians, be encouraged. And you, he says, have been such an encouragement to me. He says, you have been such an encouragement to me. If you read the first chapter, verses three to five, this is what Paul says. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He says, while I'm in prison, you guys have been such an encouragement to me. Whenever I think about you, I'm so encouraged, and I thank God in all my remembrance of you. And then in turn, Paul writes this letter to the Philippians in turn to encourage them because they have been such an encouragement to him. And he says the gospel is advancing, and he's trying to encourage them by showing them God's involvement and what God's doing. And he says, look, even though I'm in chains, the gospel is moving out, and the gospel is going forward. So be encouraged, Philippians. Don't be discouraged that your leader, your apostle, is in prison. And then he turns the encouragement onto their personal lives, and he says, the work that he began in you, I'm sure of this, that the work that God began in you, he will bring to completion. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. The work that he began in you, he is going to bring to completion. I see it in you. I see God working in you. He's going to finish what he started in you, Philippians. And by doing this and then calling us to encouragement, Paul exemplifies what encouragement is. My brothers and sisters, this is what Christian encouragement is, gospel encouragement. It's to see the work of God in someone and to highlight it so that their spirits can be lifted up. So that no matter how downcast they are, no matter how discouraged they are, that another brother or sister can see the work of God in you and say, do not be discouraged because I see God working in you in this way. And so you have not been abandoned. He is not against you. He is for you. And I see the evidence of God's involvement in your life. And we deliver that to each other and we lift each other's spirits up and we inject into them Courage, encourage, right? Hope and strength. That's what encouragement is. You see, gospel encouragement is not like the trite compliments of the world. The trite compliments of the world, they're not bad things, but they could be like, I like your haircut, or you're funny, or your shoes are nice. Things like that. There's nothing wrong with those things. But they're weak in comparison to what gospel encouragement is, to what we have that the world doesn't have. Jesus says, A peace I give unto you, not like the world gives, but the way that the gospel empowers us to encourage one another and give peace to one another. You see that the way that the world gives mm, peace or comfort or encouragement to each other is not only sometimes just small, but sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it actually works to discourage people by accident. And let me show you what this is um, like. 
You know, there are some things that we say to one another that in our hearts our intention is to say, you know, it's okay, you're not that messed up. Or it's okay, what you're going through is not because you're abnormal or something strange is happening to you, it's just the way it is. And in so many words, we say to one another, hey, that's just life, right? We say, hey, well, that's marriage. That's what marriage is like. Or sometimes we say to people who enter the workforce, well, welcome to the real world, right? We say things like that to each other, right? And I think our intentions are good. Our intentions are sometimes to say to them, hey, you're here with the rest of us. But I think unintentionally, we discourage them. Because we're actually saying to them, maybe the way that they hear it is, now you're trapped here with the rest of us, right? Welcome to the inevitable. That's life. That's marriage. Every husband is like that. Every wife is like that. Every job feels like that. And unintentionally, when you take God out of the equation, which is what Christian encouragement is, when you take the divine and the supernatural intervention of God out of the equation, we end up discouraging each other and say, you're down here in the bucket of crabs with the rest of us. Welcome to your reality. And I get sad when I hear Christians say those things to each other. Because we are the people who have divine encouragement for each other. We are the ones who have divine intervention in our lives the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in each other's lives. And instead of seeing those things, when we give each other those trite axioms, it makes me sad because we have forfeited the ministry of encouragement that the Lord has given to you to take care of for each other. My brothers and sisters, we are called to the spiritual warfare of giving each other strength by seeing God's involvement in each other's lives. That's what spiritual Christian encouragement is, to lift up someone's gaze to God so that they're not just looking at their own situation through worldly means, right, which is always the temptation, but we have the ability to say, look at what God is doing in your life. My brothers and sisters, some people here are two words like that away from spiritual breakthrough. Someone is a word away like that from a spiritual transformation. And that's what we're called to, commanded to encourage one another. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that. You are, listen to this, commanded to that ministry. Encouragement for the Christian is not optional. It's not for the nice Christians. It's not for the extroverted Christians. It's for all Christians, commanded. And you will either obey the ministry to encouragement or you will disobey it. You are commanded to encourage one another. And it's something that we can all participate in. Read the verse again, the first verse. If you have any encouragement in Christ, even if you have this much, sometimes it's hard to see in each other, right, what God's doing in each other's lives. But I think that all of us can see a smidge of God's intervention in someone's life, God's work in someone's life. And he says, even if you see that much, any encouragement you have, in Christ. Share it with them. And when we say yes to this ministry, it becomes a weapon against three principalities of this world that we're constantly hitting up against. You see, the, the Lord has given us encouragement as a weapon against spiritual warfare, in spiritual warfare. And these are the three things it fights against. 
Encouragement battles against the world, the devil, and the flesh. The first thing is that the Lord gives us encouragement to battle against the world. And what I mean by that is worldliness in your friendships. Worldliness in your relationships. You know, worldliness in Christian relationships is one of the most discouraging things that we give to each other. And one of the reasons is because when your Christian circles are worldly, that discourages us. Because these are not people who have not received the grace of the gospel, but they have. And it decreases our hope that the gospel can change people. What I mean by worldliness is when your circle of Christian friends have the exact same values as the world. When the things that they celebrate, the things that they're living for, their life goals, the things that they treasure, when it's exactly the same as the world's, that's worldliness in your friendships. And that can be a very, very discouraging thing to have in your friendships. But encouragement, brothers and sisters, is one of the best ways to fight against it. You know, uh, I've been at Mosaic um, a good number of years now, and I've heard for a long time that people are discouraged by superficial friendships here at Mosaic. I've heard that time and time again, that I want something more, but the culture of my friendships is superficial. And all we talk about is golf and vacations, and I don't know what it is, but that we can't get beyond and I've been friends with people for a long time. And there's, I think, a holy frustration among some people who cannot make it past that worldliness in their relationships. And I want to tell you, if that's you, brothers and sisters, the best way to change that culture is through encouragement. It's not through a rebuke. The best way is not to start with rebuke or even say, maybe we should do a Bible study. And not everybody can do that right, with their friend groups. And yes, you can pray, and that's great. If you could pray together, that's great. But one of the best and easier ways to start to deepen the spiritual depth of your friendships is encouragement. Start with a word of encouragement, something that you see happening in their life that God is doing, and share it with them. If there was any encouragement from Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, make their joy complete by sharing it with them. You see, encouragement injects spiritual depth in the friendships. And that's the best way, I think, to begin. Men, I want to especially encourage you. Men, we are so thirsty for affirmation and encouragement. And our wives are sick of it a little bit, right? But you and I, we know we need it, men, even though we don't express it. And yet we're so stingy about giving encouragement to each other. Even though you yourself feel the need for it so badly. We need victory in this area. We need victory in this area and in the spiritual warfare against discouragement, we need to create a beachhead in some of our relationships. I wanna share how this happened in one of my relationships. I have a group of friends that I grew up with back in Philly and I became friends with them before I was a Christian. Some of them were baby Christians, but we weren't really growing in the Lord when our friendship was solidified. And every time we meet up, we pick up from where we left off. Do you have friends like that? Like you won't see them for a long time, but whenever you see them, it's like you just pick up from where you left off, right? I think we all have friends like that. But sometimes the place where you left off is not an edifying place, right? That's my friendship with my guys, uh, some of them from Philly. 
um, that when your friendship was solidified, you guys were not in an edifying place. And so every time you guys hang out, you go back to that place. Even though the Lord has grown you, even though the Lord has shown you so much more of him, even though the Lord has expressed his love and care, he has brought you closer to him, every time you hang out with them, you go, you go back, revert back to when you guys solidified your friendship. I was in a group like that. And I, it made me sad because our friendship was not even close as deep with some of the brothers and sisters that I would meet and we would have immediate depth because we had a friendship in the Lord. And I couldn't get us past just, you know, guys, just dogging on each other and just making fun of each other. And that just basically made up the composition of our friendship. And I, I didn't know how to change that culture until I realized that maybe one of the best things I can do is just encourage them and show them what I see God doing in their life. But the group chat that we had, it would be super awkward if I started there, right? Um, so what I did was I picked them off one by one. And I grabbed one of them, and he, had, he was just about to have a baby. And I said to him, hey, I think the Lord is going to make you a great and godly dad. I'll pray for you. And he, he wrote, ha ha, thanks, man. <laughs> and that was his response. I said, all right. Well, at least he said something, because another friend of mine in that group, they, he actually had a hard time conceiving with his wife. And I texted him. I said, you know, I, I know this has been hard and it seems like sometimes the Lord is against you and not for you. But I want to tell you, he's not against you. He is for you. And he didn't even respond <laughs> to my text. But over time, as I started to try to encourage these brothers and to show them what God is doing in their life, the culture of our friendship actually did start to change. And the last time I went down to Philly and I had lunch with those guys, um, you know, you pray before a meal and when we prayed before the meal, we kind of lifted up each other. And I saw there was a new depth to our friendship. And I left that lunch way more encouraged than any previous hangout that we ever had before. You know, Paul says that if you have any encouragement in the spirit, make my joy complete, be of the same mind, Share in the love and do not underestimate encouragement's ability to change the culture of your friendships. He is giving you a powerful weapon against worldliness in your friendships. And we cannot ignore it because this is a commanded ministry for all of us. My brothers and sisters, um, the Lord has called us to break ground in our friendships. And is it going to be awkward? Yeah, because you have a culture already in your friendships, right? But my brothers and sisters, if this is spiritual warfare, should it not be at least awkward? If encouragement is spiritual warfare, should it at least not be awkward? Somebody is going to have to establish the beachhead in your friendship, in your circle of friends. And I encourage you, patiently, lovingly, establish a beachhead of encouragement in your friend groups. Encouragement is a weapon against worldliness, but secondly, it's a weapon against the devil. The devil. Let me read you 1 Peter 5, 8 to 9. Peter says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood around the world. 
Peter says you have to be awake, sober-minded, and watchful in your church because there is an actual enemy prowling around trying to pick people off in your community. Your adversary prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. My brothers and sisters, this is why we must engage in the spiritual warfare of encouraging one another because there is a real enemy who is looking to discourage all your friends. You see, his name Satan means accuser. That means that he accuses you and brings you down with lies. Right? Doesn't the New Testament tell us that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Right? But you feel condemned all the time. Why? There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. But you feel condemned all the time. Because there is an accuser whispering in your ear all the time, you're not really a Christian. You're not fooling everybody. You're faking this. You're never going to defeat your sin, so why try? You're not worthy of encouraging people. Right? You might be hearing that right now. You're not worthy of encouraging people. Right? They'll laugh at you if you try to be all spiritual with them. You have an adversary prowling around like a roaring lion looking for people to devour. And I list those lies because those are lies that I've heard in my life. Satan is against you. And because he is against you, we need to engage in the power of encouragement. And there are people in our congregation who are a few encouragements away from breaking free from the chains of some of these lies. There is a real adversary. And once we realize that, we realize that's why I have to encourage Right? Because the lies are always going around. And my brothers and sisters, just on a side note, this is why we do have to be careful about our joking with each other, our crude joking with each other. Because, you know, the jokes in and of themselves are kind of innocuous, right? They're not that huge a deal in and of themselves. But because there is a Satan, a devil, who will use it as raw materials for discouragement for your brother and sister, that is why we have to be careful with our jokes. Not because your jokes are just that biting, but because there is an adversary, the devil, who will use it and marinate it in somebody's heart with whatever he can get. And that's why we do have to be careful with our tongue. We do have to be careful with our joking because there is a real adversary who wants to use it against your brothers and your sisters. We must war with the words of encouragement. If you look at uh, when Jesus is talking to Simon, you know, he says to Simon, um, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded you. Satan is whispering in my ear right now to take you, to sift you like wheat. And those are the words that Satan is using. Let me test them, let me test them. But he really means, let me discourage him. And Jesus says, but Peter, I prayed for you. But Peter, I prayed for you that your faith may not fail. There is a real adversary, but I prayed for you, Peter. And I'm for you. And I'm praying that your faith will not fail. We need to engage in encouragement because there is a real enemy. And once we do that, we engage in spiritual warfare together. Now, before I go on to the last point, I have to say one thing. If we are going to create a culture of real encouragement here at Mosaic and get beyond the superficiality and worldliness of our friendships, then you not only have to learn how to give encouragement, you need to learn how to receive encouragement. And many of you are really bad at that. Um, Asians in particular are not great at this. 
but we need to learn how to receive encouragement. And some of you are really bad that whenever the, uh, the Lord tries to encourage you through a friend, you go, no, 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 not true, no, no. But my brothers and sisters, the Lord is trying to encourage you, right, through your friend, through your brother and sister. And you got to figure out, if you're going to engage in this spiritual warfare, you better figure out how to receive encouragement from the Lord because you're going to need it. I think that one of the ways that we can do this is to just honestly and prayerfully say things like, thank you, I'll try to receive it. Right? If somebody says, the Lord is gifting you in this way, I see the Lord working in you in this way, instead of saying, no, 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 he's not, he's not working, there's nothing good happening in my life, instead of saying that, say, thank you, I'll try to receive it. Right? I'll try to receive it because I know I need that, but there's a part of me that still doesn't believe it. I would try to receive that. Another thing you could say is just that, thank you, that means a lot to me. And that's not you saying like, yeah, you're right, I am pretty great. Right? It's, it's saying, you know, that it means a lot to me, I needed that. Right? And the last thing you could say is, please pray, you know, pray that I could receive that. Because I have a hard time like believing it. We have a hard time believing God, right? And we say, we could say, thank you, uh, help me and pray for me that I can receive that. We have to learn how to receive encouragement because the Lord is entering into the spiritual battle to help you and some of you are a couple of words of encouragement away from a spiritual breakthrough. You need to learn how to receive it. Lastly, not only is encouragement a spiritual weapon against the world and the devil, but it's also a spiritual weapon against the flesh. Against the flesh. What I mean by that is this. We as Christians are killing our flesh and running towards the spirit. That's our Christian journey, right? Just like, um, super summarized in that way. And what encouragement can do, and I think that this might be the coolest part about encouragement, is that when we encourage one another, uh, someone who's going through that journey of rejecting the flesh and engaging in the spirit, that you can actually manifest what God is doing in their life in, in real ways just by using your words. By saying to someone, I see God doing this in you. I see God doing this in you. God has given you this gift that God is working in you. If you say things like that, you can actually solidify in that person's plausibility structures, right? If he says it to me, maybe. If she has said this to me repeatedly, maybe. And you can actually push someone forward towards engaging the spirit and killing the flesh, making it more of a reality. Isn't that such a powerful, powerful thing that encouragement does? You know, Matthew 16, uh, Peter has just confessed that Jesus is Lord, right? Now, we know how messed up Peter is at this point, but this is what happens. Read Matthew 16, verse 17 and 18. This is what it says. Peter just says, you are the Christ. And then Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. Right? He says, blessed are you, Simon. Blessed are you. Because this, you didn't come up with that. You didn't come up with that, but God is working in you now. Pay attention. God is working in you. Do you see it? Blessed are you. You're special. He's speaking to you. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. And then he says this, and I tell you, you are Petros. You are Peter, the rock. And upon this rock I shall build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can you imagine being Peter hearing that? Now, we all know at this point, Peter is much more like glass than he is rock, Right? He shatters. He shatters in a few pages. Why does Jesus say something like, you are the rock? 
He is speaking into him the spiritual reality of what the Spirit is doing in his life. He's bringing it and manifesting it into his life and encouraging him because that is what the Spirit is doing in him. This is who Peter will become. He will walk towards the Spirit and become more like that. And my brothers and sisters, we have to learn how to do this to one another. Some of you are afraid that if you uh, encourage one another that you're going to make that person out to be better than they are. And it will confuse them or it will disillusion them. Wives, you're afraid to encourage your husbands because you don't want them to think that they are better than they are. Husbands, you are afraid to encourage your wife because you're afraid that she will think that she's better than she really is. Don't worry about that. When we encourage one another, we are merely highlighting the spirit part of that person. What God is doing in his redemptive work in your husband, in your wife. We, husbands and wives, we really need to encourage one another. There's so much criticism in our marriages. And we need to encourage one another and highlight what God is doing in their life. And it lifts them up to become more of that person. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh did not reveal this to you, but God is working in you, and you are Peter. You are Peter. And we need to do that for one another. Paul says here in Philippians 2, if you have any participation in the Spirit, share it with one another. What does that mean, participation in the Spirit? That means if you could participate in the work of the Spirit redeeming this person, changing this person, making this person more holy and redeemed and lovely and godly, if you have any participation with the Spirit's work in doing that for them, make my joy complete and share it with them. We actually have this weapon against the flesh, encouragement, if we are able to share it with one another. Now, I want to give you a couple of... uh, steps in order to do this uh, for one another. Five things that you could do to get started, and they're pretty obvious things, but I think that it's important that you hear them. Number one, you need to go to the Spirit and get your encouragement. Go receive your encouragement from the Spirit today, because He is working in you. The Lord is doing mighty things in you, but you have to listen, pay attention. Go to God's Word, because God's Word, when it speaks, is speaking more truth about who you are than how you feel about who you are. Does that make sense? When he says, you are a child of God, blessed, that's more true than you think, the things that you think about yourself. Go to the Lord, receive your encouragement. Secondly, commit to encouraging one person every Sunday. Commit to encouraging one person every Sunday. He has put you in this community and called you, commanded you to the ministry of encouragement. Are you just coming to Mosaic, getting what you need, and then jetting out? What about the command to encourage one another? Pick one person to encourage and lift up every Sunday. There are people who are a few words away from spiritual breakthrough in our congregation if you would just open your mouth and encourage someone. Show them what God is doing in their life. Commit to Encouraging one person every Sunday, that's 50 people per year you will build up. Thirdly, you're all about to start your community groups. Commit to encouraging someone every time you go to community group. Build up one person every time you go to community group. Don't just go and suck what you can out of these groups and say, I got a lot out of community group. That's great. Did you put a lot into your community group? Encourage your community group. Fourthly, pray to the Lord about those um, who need encouragement. 
there are a lot of people in our congregation who need encouragement. We're so down on ourselves, right? And then the Satan is whispering to those people who are so down on themselves. So many people who need encouragement. Ask the Lord who he would have you encourage. And lastly, be courageous. Be courageous and speak. Be courageous and speak. Some of you are afraid to encourage because you're scared. Encourage, you know. Let the love of the Lord cast out fear and build up someone who is in your life. When I was in Morocco, um, our missionary there introduced me to a brother who was bleeding from his eyes. And he was literally bleeding from his eyes. He had a degenerative disease and he was losing sight in both eyes. And he, was, he couldn't see, so he couldn't hold down a job. And then he was going like this all the time because he was bleeding from his eyes. And he brought him to me and he said, you know, Pastor Dave, the, would you pray for this brother? He's bleeding from his eyes. He's losing his sight. But interestingly, God is using him to reach out to people and people are coming to him and sharing about their problems. And he said to me, uh, the man said to me, I don't know why God is doing that because I, I have so many problems and needs. I don't even have a job. People stare at me because I bleed from my eyes and um, I really need your prayers. Now, the Spirit spoke to me in that moment. To, instead of starting from, let me pray for the things that you lack. Instead of starting from the things that he doesn't have, from the problems that he has, I started with, why do you think God is using you so powerfully? Why do you think God is using you so powerfully? And I actually saw right before my eyes, I saw his posture change. And it was a change in his mindset. I said, why do you think God's using you so powerfully, brother? He said, I don't know. I said, think about it. My brother, even though you lack uh, sight, God has given you the gift of faith. And you see more clearly than many people that I know with 20-20 vision. You're walking with faith. God is using you. Be encouraged. And I saw him change right before me to be more like who God is calling him and making him to be. My brothers and sisters, there are people right here who need that from you. There's a spiritual war taking place. And today, I call you to this ministry of encouragement. And by it, may the Lord change the culture of Mosaic so that we can be encouragers, build one another up in the Lord. Let's pray and go to the communion together.